This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to a preview edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. David Lake joined, as always, by Gabby Urrutia, and we are here to preview the Appalachian State game. Pretty big game, in my opinion, in terms of Miami bouncing back from a rough loss to Alabama and kind of showing that they are who we thought they are, right? Um, So let's get into it, Cabby. Let's start with the betting lines, right? Um, From what I can see, now we didn't catch it this early, or at least I didn't, Mm -hmm. but that that line opened with Miami as a six-point favorite. Um, I think when when I saw it, Miami was a a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Mm -hmm. Is that when you saw it on Sunday as well? That's when I saw it. Yeah. So it's moved. And then I just looked now it's at a nine. Yeah. What do you think of that? Do you think it's going to get to 10 by kickoff? Um, do you like, cause you and I, you and I both felt like even though there's that hook seven and a half was a pretty good bet for Miami yeah. um, to cover. Do you still, do you feel that way at nine even still? Yeah, I do. Um, I, I think that this is a game that, you know, I feel like Miami, again, I, I do think that this was a bit of an overreaction to week one. I do think that Miami is double a double digit. I think they're ten at least 10 points better than Appalachian State. I think it could potentially be more. Um, I would feel very comfortable putting like money on Miami at, at minus nine. I would have definitely took it at minus six. Um, wish I saw that when it came out, but uh, I'm still feeling good about Miami at minus nine for sure. Over under 54, if you had to place a bet either way on that number. Do you have an opinion on that? Um, I might, I might go over. Um, I think that, I Miami's, yeah, I think Miami's offense is going to take that next step. And I do think Appalachian state can move the ball. Can score, yeah. I, I do. I do think that they're going to be able to score. Um, so I would, I, I would probably lean the over there, but I could see one of those being like, like just like a, like a, like a nail biter at the end where it's just like, is this going to go over? This could potentially hit the under. I feel like that's a pretty good line. To me, if this line moves to 10, I would feel more comfortable playing the over than playing the 10. So I I agree. I think over 54, I could see that happening Um, because I do think both sides can score, you know, 20 to 30 points. Um, And we'll get into that here after this section, which we want to talk about recruiting, right? Because it's uh, Miami's first home game of the season. So honestly, Miami's first game in which they can host recruits since 2019, which is wild to think about because recruits couldn't visit last year, being the COVID year. So remind the fans and look, 
just the way this happens. So I would recommend if, if you enjoy recruiting and want to know who's at the game, follow the website on the day of the game. Yeah. Gabby will have that angle covered. He'll be there at the gate where recruits come in and he will spot 99% of them that come through. So he'll have that covered, but going into the game, Gabby, what do we know about maybe some of the guys that are expected to be there? Yeah. So, I mean, a, a few notable guys that are expected to be there, uh, Nigel e. Kelly, the top two for seven defensive lineman out of Fort Lauderdale Dillard. Uh, he's coming off his official visit to Florida state. When I talked to him, he said that like he could see himself just like popping into a few Miami games this year. Uh, he made it known. Well, he told Andrew Ivins that he was going to go. And then he tweeted out today that he was going to be at the game. So I think that's a pretty big deal. Um, I just got word that Antonio Robinson, who is the top 20, uh, the top two, four, seven, 2023 cornerback, he's going to be at the Miami game. Uh, he, I'm actually going to go see him now in a little bit, probably by the time you're listening to this. Um, so I think that's an interesting one. I know he's someone that Miami's, you know, sort of likes in that 2023 right. class. Uh, who else do we got there? Uh, Shamar Stewart is maybe at this point, I talked to someone in his camp and they're still, okay. um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he popped in. Like, right. I'm not sure if he's going to like, he's, it feels like he's someone that can just come at any time too. And so definitely wouldn't be surprised if Shamar Stewart showed up. Um, the heritage guys, uh, I talked to one of them. He said that they, that there are maybe two. And if one of them goes, typically all of them show up. So that could potentially be, you know, 2023, five-star wide receiver, Brandon Innes, uh, Mark Fletcher, the 2023 running back, Damon Fagan, the safety in that same junior class and potentially Damari Brown too, that cornerback, who's another guy that I know Miami likes as well. Uh, he's a Miami legacy. He's the son of Selwyn Brown. His older brother, Devontae Brown is a cornerback at UCF too. Some people might remember him because Miami got involved there pretty late in that recruitment uh, before he ended up signing with the Knights. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a bunch of people there. Like you sure. said, David, I'm going to be at the gate and you know, it's hard to get confirmation yeah. from everybody because it feels like, even for like paradise, right? Like it was like people that said they weren't coming and then like day of, they just show up. I feel like that's right. just so Miami where it's just like- It's a good thing like, about Miami yeah. recruiting, right? Guys yep. can just pop it. And, and yeah. so that's going to be the case this week. You know, it's an open door policy and uh, we'll see who shows up. I bet, I bet there'll be some, you know, a handful at least yep. big time, big time dudes that are there. Um, let's get into the game here, Gabby. And I'll let you take this first. When you look at this game, give me your biggest key to the game for Miami. Yeah, for me, um, I think it starts with Miami's defense. I think it's just, I think it's being technical. I feel like Appalachian State runs a lot of different looks out of like similar formations. I think stopping that outside run first and foremost is the most important thing they want to run the ball. Um, you know, that right side of their offensive line looked pretty good in that East sure. Carolina game. So, you know, I think, you know, protecting that side, I think Miami's going to do a good job with it. Just sort of watching how they played against Alabama. It feels like Amari Carter could potentially be one of those guys that is a factor, you know, at that striker spot. Um, you know, I think it really starts with uh, stopping the run and then just, you know, just kind of being on your toes and expecting to see different things. Those quick passes. I saw Miami practicing them a little bit on Tuesday when we went where it's just like snap the ball and they're just dinking it off to the right side. Like I think Appalachian state does a lot of those types of things. They will take their shots. So, you know, you got to be prepared to defend the long ball, but um, it feels like a lot of short to intermediate routes that you got to be able to protect as well as that outside zone with Cameron peoples, David, you said on the last pod, he's a big body. Um, you know, he's going to be a problem. They also have Nate Noel, who's the Miami uh, 
Nate, if he went to Northwestern, they have a little nice little running duo with those guys. I think Frank Ponce does a good job being creative offensively. So I think stopping the run is really what they want to do most. If you shut that down, I think you're going to have a, a lot of, I think you're giving yourself a better chance with Chase Bryce throwing the ball. Don't think he's the most solid quarterback, um, even though his weapons seem to be okay. And then defensively, um, you know, well, like for Appalachian State defensively, I think they do a really good job on third downs. At one point, they had yeah. East Carolina one of 10 on third down, um, yep. you know, that they converted. So I think they do a good job getting off the field. I'm not sold that they're like really, really good in the trenches. It felt like, you know, they right. were okay. And I feel like they left the middle of the field open a lot where that ECU quarterback who's not super mobile, but I guess can run was able to break off for, you know, some big gains. So I think that the Air King's going to have a chance to be special with his legs and just how he's able to maneuver and scramble, you know, and stuff like that. So I definitely see an avenue for Miami to be very successful offensively. And then uh, defensively to me, it's just really just stopping the run. Yeah. And I would recommend, um, you know, in the previous podcast, I had David Ware on of App State Mania, and he broke things down. He gave a nice little snapshot about uh, Appalachian State's team this year. So I would definitely recommend you all checking in on that as well for an even deeper understanding of, of Miami's opponent this year. And I agree, Gabby, you know, Manny Diaz harps on it every year that they have played Louisville. They played Louisville in 2019 and 2020. And the key is, you know, stopping that outside zone run game. Uh, so Scott Satterfield, of course, originates from Appalachian State. That He was the head coach when Miami played them back in 2016. Kind of a similar style of team, quite frankly. Very talented running backs. I think the wide receivers in this 2021 App State team are much better than that 2016 team. But you look at the, the rushing stats. Um, App State ran for 126 yards on 48 carries. So on that day, Miami did a good job of containing that outside zone game. And the defense accounted for 12 tackles for loss. And I remember, you know, following that game, Manny Diaz was extremely high on the play of uh, Chad Thomas that day for the way he uh, set the edge against the run, dominated in that phase, which you have to do in that outside zone run game. Chad Thomas finished with three tackles for loss, one and a half sacks, and he, he led the team in tackles with nine. So you got to have those defensive ends, um, have active, productive games in this against this system. So I agree with you there. My key, similar line, line of thinking, right? Um, I'm going to, I'm going to highlight Miami's need to put pressure on quarterback Chase Bryce, right? And I think you'd agree with this, Gabby. In that East Carolina game, Chase Bryce looked better than he did from what we saw yeah. at Duke last year, correct? Definitely. Definitely. I, think, I think part of that is because um, the pieces around him are better, honestly, much better at App State compared to what he had around him at Duke, um, you know, specifically at wide receiver. The wide receivers App State has are actually are actually pretty dangerous, pretty good for group of five level. Um, but with that being said, you know, he did look better against an East Carolina defense. And this Miami defense is going to be a totally different caliber of defense. And I still think Chase Bryce is a quarterback 
that short circuits big time against pressure. Most quarterbacks do struggle under pressure, right? Only the special ones can handle it. Miami faced a special one last week in Bryce Young. Quite frankly, we didn't know going into that game how he would handle pressure, and, and he was extremely impressive uh, in that regard. Chase Bryce, on the other hand, you look at his uh, you look at his stats last year. This is according to Pro Football Focus. When he was under pressure at Duke, he completed only thirty seven percent of his passes with two touchdowns and eight interceptions. He took 31 sacks, and he had 12 turnover-worthy plays, which is like a ball that's you know should have been picked, quite frankly. Um, that's awful. He also led the country with six fumbles lost in 2020. Um, so he's kind of a – he's really shaky under pressure, and I – think when you look at Miami's defense last week, right, they did a good job of getting pressure on Bryce Young. They just couldn't finish those plays. And I think that's going to be the, a big difference this week. I think Miami's still going to be able to get pressure on the quarterback. It's just, I don't think this quarterback is going to be able to handle uh, that pressure. And, and, you know, basically Miami needs to turn the pressures of last week into sacks Sacks. this week. Right. And on the other, other side of the ball, uh, you know, kind of a similar line of thinking, line of scrimmage-wise, right? I think we need to see the, this offensive line impose their will on App State's defensive front. Now, they're fast. They do have speed. They do lack size, right? Yeah. And so I think this Miami offensive line needs to, to lean on them during the course of the game. And quite frankly, I think we need to see Miami – pop some explosive, uh, touchdowns. You know, you look at, um, you look at Miami's offense against these pesky group of five teams that they've had to play in recent years, right? Like last year, UAB, they actually had a very good defense, right? UAB, um, Cam Harris managed to pop a 66 yard touchdown run in that game that really settled things down. You look at when Miami played App State in 2016, Mark Walton popped an 80-yard touchdown run at the start of that game. Toledo, who was, in my mind, a more dangerous opponent than this App State team because Logan Woodside, to me, was a very, very good college quarterback. You had Deontay Johnson on that team, who's like a legit option for the Steelers now. Cody Thompson was really good, too. Those are pretty good Toledo teams. Right. Mark Walton in that game, 2017 game, he popped a 44-yard touchdown run, right? So maybe expecting an explosive touchdown run is extreme, but that's, I mean, it would be a good sign, I guess, if Cam Harris does have a rushing lane and he's able to uh, score from outside the red zone. Again, Miami has a massive size advantage on the offensive line compared to App State's defensive line. They have a defensive lineman um, on the interior, Gabby, that's listed at 5'11", 235. And, <laughs> I didn't realize that. They looked, they looked small on TV. Yeah, the other guys are 6'2", 290, and 6'1", 290. And, you know, David Ware on the podcast, the previous podcast said, you know, that's kind of by design because they are tough to block because they're so low to the ground, et cetera, et cetera. But Miami just needs to still 
impose their will uh, and, and give Cam Harris some easy rushing lanes to pick up chunk plays in the run game. And honestly, too, I think the pass protection will be fine. Derek King should have time to operate. And we all know when Derek King has time to operate, he's one of the best passing quarterbacks in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be key as well. Let's move on to what worries us about App State. So if you're going to pick one thing that you're like, man, App State does do this well, uh, Miami better be ready for this phase of the game because we always respect our opponent here on, on Through the Smoke. What, what would you highlight about App um, I mean, I think you look at the outside zone. I mean, just what, you know, just kind of what we've been talking about, what Manny Diaz has been ha- just highlighted in his press conferences. Like, it feels like that's just their bread and butter. Uh, you know, it feels like that, uh, the offensive line is just very well versed in how to protect that sort of run, too. So, you know, it's just something you need to be prepared for because if you're not, then they could really have their way with you. Um, so, you know, I think that really, you know, what worries me is just re- stopping the run. It's been an issue in the past. Uh, not right. saying it's an issue right now, but Cameron Peoples, I feel like, is built similar to maybe some of those Alabama running backs in terms of just that he's a bigger guy, a 200-plus pounder, and, uh, you know, he is just, like, the type of guy that could potentially give you fits if you're if yes, you're not yeah. willing to tackle, if you're not willing. And you're going to have to do it for four quarters, you know. You can't really take a playoff with a guy like that because, again, when they do it, when they do it well – it's just, you know, it's a, it's a well-oiled machine. They, this is what they do. So, um, you know, just really showing that you're willing to stop the run for four quarters and that you're willing to, you know, just get down there and tackle again. You know, can the defensive end set the edge uh, to, you know, really contain that? Um, I think that's still potentially a question. I'm not too worried about just getting to the quarterback or anything like that, but um, I want to see how they protect against this, uh, this Appalachian State running attack. Yeah, Cam Peoples, to me, is an NFL-level, you know, roster guy down the road. 6'2", 225-ish, long strider, very patient runner. Um, And you're right, you know, App App State's offensive line, not the biggest bunch, but it kind of reminds me of those Georgia Tech offensive lines Mm -hmm. uh, when they were running the triple option. They just, uh, you know, find ways to get front sevens on the ground and create easy rushing lanes on the outside for their backs. Um, I'll highlight, I mean, this is kind of weird, right? This, this thing I'm about to highlight, but I still think it's notable, right? So app state in recent years have given power five teams, uh, either tough games or straight up losses, uh, in recent years, right? I, in 20, I think it was 2018, they took Penn State to overtime. Mm-hmm. Penn State ended up winning that game. They beat North Carolina and South Carolina in 2019, yep. right? Now, of those three teams, only Penn State went on to have a quote-unquote successful year. Um, so that is worth noting. But still, they, they are a group of five team that went toe-to-toe and or beat Power Five-level teams. And one of the common threads in those games was – App State's ability to score non-offensive touchdowns. I think um, against against Penn State, maybe, I think it was Penn State, they scored on a kickoff on special teams. And then against North Carolina and South Carolina, I believe they had defensive touchdowns. And so, you know, these are just the recipes for success Mm -hmm. that group of five teams have to have to beat power five level teams. So, I'm just highlighting that uh, because App State's going to be scrappy. 
They, they do have speed on defense. They do have impressive speed at kick return. Um, and so I would just say, you know, if, if these non-offensive touchdowns happen for App State, it's not a good sign for Miami, yeah. you know, from what we've seen here in recent years. So uh, that's just a point I wanted to highlight. Guy that needs to step up for Miami this week, who you got? I mean, just look based on their running attack and stuff. I mean, I think you can go with one of the defensive ends. I'm kind of looking at Amari Carter. I sort of hinted at it a little bit. I just, I know he was a big part of like the run stopping of that Alabama game. I think that he needs to be someone that steps up and sort of helps control, especially sort of, I think because like, I feel like Alabama runs the ball, at least in that East Carolina game, they ran it a lot to that side of the field, sort of like off the right tackle. I think Amari Carter is going to be a guy that's going to have to step up a lot in the running game. And, uh, you know, be a guy that, you know, creates those tackles for loss, just sort of sort of like that that line of defense where it's like you can't get past him. I think he needs to sort of be that wall where, you know, you can't just let it get too far out there, like into that, like into like Miami's territory um, yeah. and just really just sort of be that guy that, you know, sort of shuts that down. I think if Amari Carter steps up and plays like that sort of game, I think that uh, I think that that could be good news for Miami. Yeah, and that right tackle is App State's best offensive yeah, lineman. He was he was good. He was really good in that in that uh, East Carolina game. Yep, he's experienced. I think he was a first team preseason All Sun Belt. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they like to go to the right for a reason. I'll highlight. I touched on him earlier too. Cam Harris. You know, mm-hmm. this is a big game in my opinion for Cam to to prove and show that he deserves to be Miami's lead back. Right? If you can't pop some runs against an App State level team. Um, to me, that opens the door for, you know, other guys to get opportunities. So I think Cam can do it, but he does need to produce, right? This is a production deal. And, uh, you know, I think he needs to step up and show he can produce against this, this type of team. Potential player of the game, who you got? I mean, it's kind of low hanging for, but I think this could be a De'Ara King type of game. Uh, I think that this is a game where he can kind of get it done with his legs too. Again, not even on like designed runs. I think that this is just a a sort of game where he can just sort of find those lanes and find open field and sort of just take off. Um, I think, I think, I do think that this could be one of those games where he sort of like takes that next step and puts up some, some pretty serious numbers. So, I mean, I guess it's an easy, it's an easy call, but just like, just what I was watching, I just felt like a, you know, there, there's an avenue for him to have a, a pretty huge performance in this one. I'll go with Jafari Harvey, you know, for those reasons I highlighted earlier about Chad Thomas. Yeah. You know, it's important for those edge guys to help against the run. But also, too, you know, I, you know, when you look at Jafari's advanced stats from uh, the Alabama game, he had six quarterback pressures against Alabama, which was the most of any player in that game, right? Alabama's Will Anderson had five. Wow. Now, Will, now, Will Anderson finished with some sacks. Mm-hmm. Jafari didn't. So he needs to turn those pressures into sacks um, this week against App State. You know, I could see him getting a sack, a sack and a half, maybe even two sacks this week against App State quarterback Chase Bryce. So let's go to some quick over-unders I've just pulled out of my butt. Uh, <laughs> Over-under, 33 and a half points scored for Miami. I'll go over. I agree. I think, yeah, I think Miami can get over 33 and a half. Uh, at least I hope so. Cause I, I am still a believer in this offense yeah. over under three and a half sacks. Wow. Um, I'll go with four sacks. So I'll, I'll take the over slightly. 
I will too, just because they're, they're, they're facing Chase Bryce. <laughs> yeah. It feels like a sack type of game. It does. Um, and honestly, that number depends on Miami's ability to stop the run. So yeah. if they get Chase Bryce into obvious passing situations, you know, four sacks plus is definitely doable, yeah. which brings us to our next one over under 150 rushing yards allowed. I might, I might go over, honestly. I think that, I think App okay. State's going to have a, yeah, I don't know. It's just my gut. Yeah. No, I, I, I think I will go under, but yes, I get the, just because of the last time they played App State, it was under. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a good line. I could, I could go either way on it. Yeah. Um, over to me, this is a big key too, right? Mm-hmm. Explosive touchdowns. Over under one and a half explosive touchdowns scored by Miami in this game. I'll go. I think I'll go over. Okay. Yeah. What's your who? Who gets them? What's your prediction on that? I don't know. I could see. I could see a long, like a Cam Harris type long run again. I feel like that's sort of been like the G five like route. You know where you have like what you mentioned against uh, UAB. Cam Harris had the long one. Mark Walton with a long one. I feel like Miami's running backs break one out. And then I could see a I could see a long touchdown like a deep like a like a long ball that they connect on that uh, ends up hitting. So I could see like two, I could see two um, explosive touchdowns. I could see three. Honestly, I could I could see them you know having some success in in that regard. I'll take the over two. You know, to me this is important in terms of like uh, keeping App State at arm's reach. Right? You don't want to let App State stay in this game. Uh, you know, quite frankly, through the third quarter. Yeah. So you got to generate some explosive touchdowns. Um, and you look at the last time they played App State, right? I mentioned the Mark Walton touchdown at the start. That went for 80 yards. Uh, not long after that, Stacey Coley scored a 55-yard touchdown. And uh, Amon Richards also had a big day as a freshman. Uh, four receptions for 142 yards. So Miami was able to be explosive that day. And uh, it's just hard when a power five team is that explosive for a group of five team to keep up. So it is now the moment of truth, Gabby. <laughs> Our predictions for the game. Mm-hmm. You go first. Okay. Are we just going score here? Or are we going? Uh... Give me score. Give me explanation why. Okay. I mean, I'm going to go. What, what, I, what I gave you, David, is uh, Miami 34, App State 17. Again, I just think App State's going to be a pretty gritty team. This is still a 17-point win, so I feel like that's a, a pretty yeah. you know comfortable margins. But I do feel like App State's going to be a team that's going to be able to move the ball. I do think they're going to be able to find the end zone. Um, I do think that they're going to be able to run the ball pretty successfully. But I, at the same time, I do think that Miami's offense has a chance to have a really big day. And, um, you know, again, just because of the way App State runs the ball is maybe why I'm not giving Miami to that 40-point range. I think that they're going to be – you know, sure. slight, not maybe not limited on possessions, but I, I don't know if they're going to be able to run, you know, 80 plays. Uh, App State right. was, App State ran, ran a ton of plays against East they Carolina. Chew clock. Yeah, they definitely chew the clock. So I think Miami needs to be productive with, you know, how, like what they do when they have the ball. I think they will. And again, I think, I do think that there's an avenue for some of those explosive plays. And so I do have Miami winning by 17, 34 points, which would be slightly over the over under that you gave just now. I think it's a little bit over the Vegas over like team over under two. So um, 
yeah, that's that's basically what I what I got from Miami. I think that they find a way to pull this off and then eventually break away a little bit. I'll go Miami 38, App State 24. Um, I really want to go Miami in the 40s, but I'm not quite there yet. I, I do think that potential's there, but that Alabama game has me a little shook in that regard in terms like I just need to see it. Um, so I'll go 38, you know, and, and I agree, honestly, Gabby, like I do think, you know, I referenced those Toledo games, right. And, you know, those were games that were somewhat close in the first half. Mm -hmm. I think this game could be similar close in the first half. And then Miami pulls away because of the, the speed and size difference on the line of scrimmage in the second half. I will say I would be more worried about this app state team. If chase Bryce wasn't the quarterback. Um, and look, I do think, you know, he's probably improved since last year. Um, app state has much better weapons than Duke. Uh, but I just, I, you know, he struggles under pressure and mm -hmm. I do think Miami is going to be able to yeah. put pressure on him Definitely. when it's obvious that he has to go out and throw the ball, um, on third and longs and whatnot. Right. Um, so yeah, I think the quarterback difference between Derek King and, and Chase Bryce, and then the line of scrimmage difference between the two teams, uh, you know, Miami pulls away and wins fairly comfortably. So uh, that's our thoughts. Again, I would, I would say if you want even more info on this App State team, listen to the previous podcast if you haven't done it. Um, but yeah, Gabby, man, this is a big game. I think it's, it's going to tell us a lot about what this Hurricanes team is all about. Kind of a backs against the wall type of type of game in my opinion in terms of you know if you're a special team not special but if you're a good team you come out and handle business against this app state team yeah if you're gonna come out and mess around then i don't know <laughs> yeah, that's not, that, that wouldn't be a good sign to me and that's not a knock against appalachian state i do think they're a good program but they are good i think if you're miami and you have the expectations that you know you have as a program this year i think you need to go out there and you need to handle business accordingly yeah. It needs to be comfortable in the second yeah, half. Exactly. Yeah. Agreed. So, till next time, till after the game, Gabby and I will give an immediate and instant reaction podcast following the game. Uh, till next time, guys, take care. And as always, thank you for listening.